0: Welcome to ADHD Love Parent Talk, episode 62.
1: One of the big messages that I I wanna get to people, it's not always about the diet. It's not, you know, you may have just heard about intermittent fasting and intuitive eating for the first time. And it's wonderful if you're ADHD and you wanna go into that hyper-focus and learn all about it, absolutely. It's gonna be a wonderful experience no matter what diet you're hyper-focusing on. It's really fun to learn all that stuff, but focus on you. Make sure that the focus is on you and what you want and your goals and not the goal of a number either. Stop. Get away from the numbers. Just stop. Oh my God. The number on your on the scale is not your self-worth at all.
0: Hello and welcome to the ADHD Love Parent Talk podcast. If you felt like you have been walking your path alone as an adult with ADHD or as a parent with children with ADHD, you are finally home. I interview parents and professionals, including doctors, coaches, educators, and so much more so you can not only learn more information about ADHD, I also want you to have tools that you can put in your toolbox as you're going through your journey. Hey, my ADHD family, welcome to another episode of ADHD Love Parent Talk, where we talk about all things ADHD. My guest today is Emily. I wanted to talk to her because she went through her own weight loss journey. And I just want to talk about some tips and tricks around that, hear her story, but also how she thinks it is tied to ADHD. So I'm very excited about this conversation. So Emily, welcome.
1: Oh, thank you so much for having me. This is such a pleasure. I love talking to other ADHDers so much. It's just going to a country where everybody else speaks their language all of a sudden. And it's like, oh good. I don't have to mask or make small talk. I can just go on my tangents and you get it. exactly. (laughs) Thank you for having me. Thank you for having me and getting me.
0: (laughs) Absolutely. Emily is so wonderful to meet you. So tell the audience a little bit about your background.
1: Yeah. So I'm Emily Prokop. I've been a podcaster for over six years. So I've had a few of my own podcasts and I'm also a mom and uh, I'm a podcast editor. That's actually what I do for a living. Actually, I went from doing podcasting for fun to doing it for a living. And I have my own podcast for being sort of a pattern of other ADHDers Mm -hmm. being like, I can't work for other people. (laughs) I can work for myself though. I love me as a boss. So that was me.
0: (laughs) That is awesome. So tell us, what age were you diagnosed with ADHD and what type?
1: So I'm 38 now. I was diagnosed at age 30. Um, I had been going to a psychiatrist for three years for anxiety. And I'm sure many are familiar with uh, a lot of ADHD presents itself as other things like anxiety or depression that are more easily able to go to a doctor for one visit and get that diagnosis. So it took three years Uh, talking to a psychiatrist before I finally got that diagnosis. And that was a combination of both. And yeah, actually, he wasn't even concerned about ADHD until while I was on anxiety medication, I had a real problem eating and keeping my weight under control because Mm. for one reason or another, the anxiety medication was helping my anxiety, but not the impulse control Mm. that many ADHDers find themselves struggling with. And even though the anxiety was under control, it was still so easy for me to sit down and start eating. So anyway, we were talking about that in therapy and he was like, you know what? There's a drug out. Uh, I don't know if you want me to name drugs. It's what Vyvanse. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, we're not doctors. None right. of that exactly. stuff. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so it was Vyvanse and that was uh, originally for ADHD. And he was like, you know what? I see a lot of my ADHD patients finding that Vyvanse really helps with impulse control, especially around eating. So in order to be prescribed this, I had to do a questionnaire and it was a questionnaire. I didn't even realize it was a questionnaire for ADHD. I had no clue. (laughs) And all of a sudden I'm checking these questions, I'm reading them and I'm, I'm looking up at him and I'm like, What do you mean not everybody does? Not everybody needs to doodle while they're listening to people talk. Not everybody is looking out the window and looking at trees and birds and also comprehending what teachers are saying. What? And he's like looking at me like I've been talking to you for so long. Like both our light bulbs just went off in our brains at the same time. Just like, oh, So that was pretty much my diagnosis was that was he was ready to put me on this medication. I ended up going on it for a long time and I'm sure we'll get into that. And uh, yeah, so that was my diagnosis story. I got it. And it was, it was funny for me, ADHD. And for many, I'm sure they saw kids in their class who couldn't sit still and stuff. And my doctor, when I was diagnosed and I was 30 and I'm like, well, how, how was it missed? And he's like, you know, for a lot of females and girls in class they see those kids fidgeting they see they're getting in trouble they're seeing that like they have to be separated and girls ended up internalizing it more and doing things like doodling in our notebooks to get out that excess anxiety and energy that we were feeling all the time and he's like it's so interesting and even you know, three years of thinking that it was just anxiety. Yeah. No, 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 no.
0: It was so much <laughs> more.
1: No. And even after eight years of getting the diagnosis, digging into ADHD, as I'm sure ADHD you know, finding that hyper-focus, a new thing to hyper-focus on, right. Right. the more we dig into it, the more it's like I've discovered more about why I do certain things and especially relating to eating and diets and all that stuff. So we'll get into that, but that's my diagnosis story pretty much.
0: Wow, so uh, you you talked a little bit about it, but how did you feel once you realized it was so much more than anxiety and it truly was ADHD, how did you feel? Because you know, everybody has a different connection. Some people are so upset that they are diagnosed with ADHD and people like me found it validating, right? Because of the same reasons. So how did you feel?
1: That was me. I found it so validating. And especially the more I looked into it and read about it and read about how it presented itself and certain patterns that I would notice in my life started making so much more sense. And without that diagnosis, without a name, and I feel like I'm very lucky enough to live in a time where I could just go on my phone, go to a computer, put in ADHD, adult, female, and have all these resources put in front of me. And I feel so lucky for that because of course, when you start to dig in and you look at like, oh, genetics and you hear family members go, oh, you don't have ADHD. Your dad's the same way. And it's like, yeah, is he though? (laughs) Yeah. And you're just shaking. Like I can't diagnose anybody else, you know, (laughs) and you're holding it in just like, okay, all right. Everybody has their own path. It's cool." cool. Cool, cool, cool. (laughs) <laughs> but yeah, that was me. It was validating. And honestly, now when I find out somebody else's ADHD, I'm like a moth to a flame. I'm like, Oh, let me play with your brain. Come talk with me. Yes. Yes. Tell me your hyper Tell me what you're into right now. Tell me all the things about it. Oh, yeah. I love it. Absolutely yeah. love it.
0: That's awesome. <laughs> that is so awesome. So I want to jump into your weight loss journey. Cause I'm, mm-hmm. I'm going to, as I said in the beginning, tie that with ADHD. So can you tell us a little bit about your, your weight loss journey?
1: Yeah. Well, I started. I was always an overweight kid, and for a long time, doctors were saying, "Oh, it's baby fat; she'll grow out of it." Mm-hmm. I didn't. The doctors were like, "Huh? <laughs> that's not happening." Um, I I didn't realize this until years later. I used food as comfort for anxiety. You know, growing up, my family wasn't the typical family. There was divorce. There was mental illness. So, food was my comfort and dieting for a long time. I was on a diet roller coaster pretty much my entire life. As soon as I learned that, Oh, kids won't make fun of me because I'm fat as long as I just start exercising. So Mm. I I remember getting exercise videos and watching Jane Fonda in the 80s when I was maybe five or six. And I was like, I got to do this to get rid of this baby fat. So, you know, and all that stuff. And then I learned about dieting and dieting in the 80s and 90s was not great. If anybody remembers the food pyramid that was around back then, I was eating my six to 12 servings of bread and pasta, not knowing why I couldn't lose weight. (laughs) <laughs> or why right. I was so unhealthy and why I felt like crap and it was because so much of what we're taught, so many of the messages that I were given by people growing up, they weren't healthy and one of the episodes that I was listening to your podcast episode 48 with Shauna, she mentioned and you really brought up this point of healthy eating is a skill and I did not grow up having that skill. Yeah. So diet roller coasters up and down, always fluctuating with my weight. Never had any idea it was tied to anxiety or ADHD or anything like that. Even when I was diagnosed at 30, it still took a long time to realize, oh, Mm -hmm. uh, it was impulse control. A A lot of it was impulse control or going for comfort or because I was bored. That was another thing, especially as an ADHD or it's just like, I'm bored. What's the quick way for a dopamine hit? I could do something productive. Now that's too hard. Let's just get a bag of chips. That's great. Yeah, super easy. So that was pretty much me, pretty much my entire life. And then when I was about, I have to remember years ago, about five years ago, I was starting my podcast company. And I was finally working at home. At that point, I had gotten to, I was off ADHD meds because I had been pregnant with my son and Mm -hmm. I wanted to get off ADHD meds for that pregnancy. Mm -hmm. And I also wanted to find a way to use more tools and strategies in my life for my ADHD instead of you know, and everybody on medication, everybody's on their own path and I never right. want to put down medication or anything like that. But for me personally, it was very nice not to have to depend on medication and to actually use tools and create strategies that help me navigate with it. So, um, about five years ago when I was starting my podcast production company, I actually started working with a podcaster who was an eating coach and for a while we were bartering, coaching each nice. other. She was coaching me with eating and I was coaching her on helping her with her podcast, which is the eating coach podcast. Shout out to Harriet Morris. I, I love her dearly. And it was funny because for a while I was like, well, this is just, you know, practice for podcasting. I don't know how much I'm going to get out of it because I've been on every diet. It felt like every Mm. single diet, every diet that would come out, it was like, okay, this is the one. And I'm talking directly to ADHD people who have been on diets of just like, this is the one. Now I'm going to hyper-focus on it and I'm going to go right into it and I'm going to buy all the things. I'm going to do all the things. And then, oh my God, I'm exhausted. I don't want to do this anymore. Screw it just eat all the things. Like that was th- that was it. That was exactly what I was doing. So she started getting into mindset stuff that I was not prepared for. I was not ready for her to be like, "So, what messages did your mom teach you about eating and dieting?" And I was like smacked in the face with all of a sudden. Oh, oh, this is, this is internal stuff. This is stuff I have to work on. This isn't just, she's going to give me, here's your diet plan. Here's what you do Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. How can you not do this? Why is it not hard? I'm giving you the list of things to do. She was more about like, why can't you do the simple things? And she would, she gamified things for me with eating Mm. that, you know, and it's funny because we're taught growing up, don't play with your food. But as soon as she gave me little tips and tools of just like, you know, take a bite and enjoy it. And I think, and you're talking about intuitive eating and all that stuff. And she introduced me to all that sort of stuff. And it was really interesting. And she helped me with my binge eating, especially because she did get me to be more mindful. The more I started having to pay attention to how I was eating, not necessarily what I was eating, that was a huge changing point for me. So I was reading a book at that point called Faster Than Normal by Peter Shankman. And at that instance, I didn't know how much my ADHD was tied with my eating so much until that book brought up how Peter Shankman does... Um, intermittent fasting. And this book, by the way, it's for ADHDers. It was about turning ADHD into a superpower. If anybody's read it, Peter Shankman himself is ADHD. He writes for ADHDers. So there's like white space and bullet points and things that's not a big block of text that you're like, nope, I'm out of here. No, I love that about him. (laughs) So uh, I read that book. I learned about intermittent fasting. And for anybody who doesn't know, that's, it's not, a hunger strike for days it's every day I have a certain window of time where I can eat and one of the greatest things for me when I learned about intermittent fasting the thing that really spoke to me was you can eat whatever you want mm. I was like no way nah ah no no and I even I even read it in the book and I tweeted about it and it was like you can eat whatever you want as long as you eat in these eight hours and I was like okay We'll see how that goes. I was so angry at the fact that he was suggesting it that I was like, I was ready to try it. Cause I was like, this sounds so stupid and so opposite of everything I did. I did it for a week. I ate with it. I only ate within these eight hours. I had what's called a clean fast. You don't have anything but water or green tea or black coffee for the other 16 hours. But in those eight hours, I was going to Sonic. I was eating cheesecake. I was going like I was really going nuts to be like, all right, if <laughs> to prove it push, wrong. <laughs> yeah, I really was trying to prove it wrong to be like there's no way. And the thing was, I wasn't I wasn't angry to the point of overstuffing myself. I was like, let's see how I actually do if I'm given free reign, but for only a certain number of hours per day. And what Peter Shankman talked about in the book, especially for ADHDers, is For people who have obsessed about food and dieting their whole life, where they wake up in the morning and the first thing they're thinking is, oh God, I have to cook. I have to make something. I have to eat. Breakfast is the most important meal of the day. Also, all the hundreds of other things that we have to do throughout the day. And for anybody with ADHD, many people know when you wake up in the morning, we don't just see our day laid out in, I'm going to do this and this and this. We have a block. That just hits us (laughs) as soon as our eyes wake up of all the things and it all has to get done right now. So um, I had like making breakfast to that. And when I found intermittent fasting and realized that they only had to worry about food during certain hours, it was It was phenomenal. It was so good. I started losing weight that first week and I'm, and I told you I was eating Sonic. I was eating burgers. I was eating crap. I was eating the stuff I wanted to eat. And I really, I wasn't trying to overeat to make myself sick because I know myself. I know that I'm very all or nothing. It's a mentality. I'm pretty sure ADHDers can relate to where I didn't want to go overboard, but I was reasonable about it. And I still lost weight and I nice. felt good. That was the other thing. I didn't want a diet where I lost weight because I was counting calories because I've done those. And you know what, for somebody whose brain is already preoccupied enough, trying to get through the day, having other things to keep track of like calories. And the fact that my brain was using so much of its brain power being like, well, if I walk on the treadmill for an hour, I have 360 calories that I could probably burn. And that's right. probably a bottle of wine and baking these yeah. like connections with your brain. Like my brain needed to be doing a lot more than that as a mom of two starting her own business. And, and I was unhealthy too. I wanted to play with my kids. So when I found this and I found that it was giving me energy, I loved it. I found a book uh, called delay. Don't deny by Mm. Jen Stevens
0: like that. Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah. That was the thing. That was what I needed in, Mm -hmm. in my brain to remember I can have this food and trust me. I'm one of those people. If you tell me I can't have it, it's like, Oh, well then that's all I want. And name every, any diet where it's like, Oh, you can have any, everything you want. No, there was always restrictions. And I would always rebel at some point. And when I rebelled on a diet, it wasn't just, Oh, a few chips. It was, well, I ruined my diet for today. Let's go nuts. But this one was just like, no, just, you can have whatever you want. Just, just wait. And I was okay with that. And it was wonderful. And I would, yeah. I would look at something and be like, oh, well, can I have it? And all I had to do was look at my watch and be like, no, I can't have it now. Delay, don't deny. And it was just, that was it. That was the click that I needed. I had a friend who was also into intermittent fasting at the same time. We were both podcasters. So of, of course we decided to start a podcast about it. And actually that was a big thing was having somebody on a weekly basis that mm. I was checking in with. Again, I didn't have my eating coach anymore, but I had somebody on a weekly basis yeah. that I was checking in with on these goals that I had for myself. And uh, long story short, after about two years, two and a half years of intermittent fasting, I've lost 109 pounds. And that's, yeah.
0: (laughs) Thank you. And yeah.
1: And, um, even during the pandemic, my friend and I, he, we started this podcast. It's called hate to wait. If anybody Mm -hmm. wants to go back and listen to episodes, we stopped it back in November because during the pandemic, we both went into maintenance mode and, we didn't want to keep trying to lose the weight. We wanted to just maintain it. So I'm still doing intermittent fasting. I'm now in a six hour window every day. I still kind of eat whatever I want (laughs) when I want to lose weight, quote unquote, want to lose weight. And I, I don't really see myself wanting to lose weight anymore. I'm very happy where I am, which was a huge thing too, was being happy. Yeah. If I couldn't be happy at 280 pounds, how was I going to be happy at You know, losing 109 pounds. So that was another thing was getting to the mentality of not hating myself because I couldn't diet for so long, because I couldn't lose that weight. It was the fact that, like, I needed all that support, that accountability, so many things. I mean, I I wrote out sort of an outline of my story last night, and it was the first in preparation for this, and it was kind of the first time I saw it all laid out and -hmm. realizing. You know, people ask, how did you lose all that weight? And my first instinct is to say, oh, intermittent fasting, but it's not. That's maybe 20% of it, maybe that much. The rest was getting my mindset correct, realizing that a lot of my ADHD came out through eating, through dieting, even through trying to control the eating and i'm i'm not a person i've come really far with adhd where i don't like to blame it for things i try when i when i'm frustrated or when something's not going my way and i realize it's because maybe i'm not processing something correctly or it's because of my adhd i don't want to blame it mm-hmm. but it it's just a different operating system Correct. and it contributes to how i think and how i perceive the world so i know that for many neurotypicals they can just be told by a health teacher in fourth grade, eat an apple instead of a piece of candy. And they're like, oh, cool. I'm done. Do 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 walking along my neurotypical life, never having to work. Food equals fuel. I don't need food to feel good. Do 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 do. Meanwhile, me, no emotional regularity until any sort of idea that I had ADHD. No, food
0: was comfort, food was life. <laughs> and what do you mean I can't have that piece of candy? And why can't I have that piece of candy? Or I'm gonna go sneak and have that piece of candy with oh, <laughs> when they're my not goodness. looking.
1: <laughs> oh, the sneakiness of it. Oh my goodness. The fact that I would try to sneak things uh, or Or I would do things like wait until midnight to have something so that my calorie count would reset. No, no, past Emily, that's not how it works. And it's funny because the more you read about all the different kinds of diets, because as I said, I've tried a bunch of them, you end up learning nutrition in kind of a roundabout way. And from doing all of that too, for so many years, it's kind of like, I got used to experimenting on myself and realizing, okay, this works in this book. Maybe for some people doesn't necessarily work for me. Let me take what works. Let me take what doesn't. And for right now, and that's another thing is I love intermittent fasting for right now. That's, what's been working for me, but I'm still constantly trying to go through and analyze, does this still work for my schedule? Because mm. again, I have to adjust my family to that sort of thing. Right. My husband's kind of on that plan because I am. He's He was never a big breakfast person anyway. So starting our meal, our eating at 12 o'clock usually, and he goes later in the day. I stop at six o'clock to eating and he'll go later in the day until 10. But it keeps him on track too. It gives him sort of a little bit of a diet as well, which is nice. And and I shouldn't even say diet. I hate that word at this point. It's not really, it's also not a lifestyle. Not like, oh, it's not a diet. It's a lifestyle. No, it's what works for me. Everybody has to find what works for
0: them for their lifestyle. Well, no, I like that. I mean, and it's like, neurodivergent to neurotypical it's just how our brain process we just process things differently mm-hmm. and you are just doing a different process in terms of how you're eating and that's okay right? right so just doing the process differently it it doesn't necessarily like you said have to be called a lifestyle or um, and it really isn't a diet you're just eating yeah. in different time zones cuz yeah. diet means so many different things other it things does. <laughs>
1: And depending, depending on the messages you had growing up, diet could be a word that induces that you feel that feeling in the pit of your stomach. of just like, Oh God, diet, God torture. And it was the same for me with exercise too. One thing I didn't even mention was I got into yoga a few years ago and I started a daily practice of yoga and it's not the 40 minutes. Like, no, it's I have a mat that I could put down anywhere while my son is playing or something and I'm stretching and moving and getting in touch with my body and appreciating my body yeah. too. And that was that was another thing. If I couldn't appreciate my body at 280 pounds after it gave birth to two kids and was running around with all these jobs and starting a business, I, like I had to learn to love myself before I could even think about trying to get myself into a regimen or or a routine so that I wasn't beating myself up when it didn't go according to plan. And Mm -hmm. because you can't beat yourself up into being thin. You just can't. You can, but it's not sustainable and you're really going to hate. And I've done that before and I've hated it. I've been miserable.
0: No, I get it. I get it. So you mentioned throughout your talk about how some of your ADHD or how you realize your ADHD is tied to your struggles with weight loss. So can you just put it together for the audience so they can see that full picture? How do you think ADHD and weight loss is combined or the situation around your weight loss is is connected?
1: Yeah. So a lot of the things that I'm sure people picked up from the story was there was impulse control, which is a big ADHD tendency. And with medication, actually, when I was medicated, that was one of the first things I noticed was I didn't necessarily need to sit there with the chips in front of the TV as much. I was able to kind of take a few and stop. And that was cool. And I lost weight for a little while on ADHD meds. But then after a while, other stressors came in and things like, I, I was bored. So of course, so I was eating or I was looking for comfort. And around the time I started learning podcasting and really getting into it, eating actually kept me awake and focused. Like I I had an eating and drinking podcast and it was really just an excuse to eat and drink again. Really.
0: Oh, that is too funny.
1: <laughs> yeah. And even on, on hate to wait with my pod, my, podcaster friend, John, we talk about how much we love food and I am a big foodie. So that was something that when I wanted to find something that worked again, going back to ADHD and like knowing that if you're denied things that you love, that you inherently love like food, like it's not going to last, I'm not going to be happy with it. And I'm going to rebel. And that was, that was pure ADHD right there with any diet. As soon as you put restrictions on me, oddly the time restriction doesn't bother me. And I think it, it is that phrase, delay, don't deny. I'm just like, I can have this, yeah. just just not right now. And there are days where I have enjoyed really great food that were served outside of my eating window. And I've learned to like cold leftovers sometimes of so just like, I know this is delicious, but I, I can't eat it right now. And what's funny with intermittent fasting, and I got a lot into uh, intuitive eating as well, finding out, having that time without eating, I got to realize, how foods affect me and my moods and especially going back to ADHD, caffeine. I really had not realized how much caffeine affected me until I was drinking green tea or black coffee when Mm. I couldn't eat. And all of a sudden the caffeine really got to my ADHD. And I was like, oh, that's what my doctor was talking about. I got to see pure caffeine gotcha. caffeinated Emily. And that was not a pretty Emily. <laughs> no, no, no. She needs food with her caffeine. If she's going to have a lot, yes. found that out real fast.
0: <laughs> wow. That is really interesting. Emily.
1: <laughs> yeah, it, it's a lot of fun. It's a lot of experimenting on yourself, which I ended up really liking with intermittent fasting and then getting into more intuitive eating and finding out what foods feel good, what foods don't. And, Even when you look at foods that are supposed to help with ADHD and I'm not a nutritionist or anything like that, but I do say when I have more fish in my diet, getting that fish oil, it it helps me with focus. I notice it. I really do notice it now.
0: I like that. And yeah, so listening to the the intuitive piece, I um I tell people even on videos that I, I struggle with that sometimes, but when I do do it well, it is amazing to understand what foods do what, right? And actually I talk to it with my kids all the time. There's certain foods that I just, I already automatically know, I automatically know I'm going to have um, digestion issues or a stomach ache. And it's just light. It's not even like a major, it's just like an, an annoyance, mm-hmm. but there's certain foods and certain drinks I cannot have when I eat those particular foods. And so it's so funny. Cause <laughs> I uh, went into a Walgreens and she's like, you're buying ginger ale again. I said, yeah, cause I'm about to eat something that's going to mess up
1: my <laughs> And it's that's the like, other thing. is like, once you know, you you have at least some tools, hopefully. Right?
0: Not that the ginger ale is that great because it has so much sugar, but anyways. But yeah, so you do, you're, you're aware and that is correct. The more you get to really know your body, the more you're paying attention to what foods do to your body, it does make a huge difference. So one of the things I want to talk about is just Again, throughout the presentation, you talked a lot about strategies, but what are some specific, just so they have it in one place, what are some strategies that you have put in place to help manage your weight loss and your ADHD?
1: So at this point, as I mentioned, I'm in maintenance mode. So a lot of this stuff is routine for me. So it's very hard for me to think, oh, what do I, what do I actually do? I have to pull it out. So for me, reading the book, Delay Don't Deny, if anybody is into intermittent fasting. That was a great book for me. That was a tool I used. Also the intermittent fasting podcast with Jen Stevens, who's the author of delay. Don't deny. She does that with Melanie Avalon. Um, I mentioned faster than normal by Peter Shankman. Great book, great Mm audio book. He talks about intermittent fasting in there and a little bit of the connection between that and ADHD. Also, I will say having daily reminders that Mm -hmm. I have ADHD. It's funny, you have ADHD. It's something you wake up with every day, but I need the reminders that I have it. And also that it makes it hard for me to always make good decisions on the fly when it comes to my nutrition and my health. So having things like following people on Instagram, like uh, I'll give a few examples. There's Mm ADHD.nutritionist. I love that account so much. That really put a lot of perspective on it. As I mentioned, eating coach Harriet Morris, I don't think she's as active anymore uh, with the eating coach stuff. That was five years ago when we worked together. So it might be a little bit, she might be doing something different now. There's also um, the nutrition tea on Instagram, lots of undoing of diet culture Mm. and unhealthy eating. I love her perspective on it. Like she really pulls it apart and the messages that a lot of us grew up with that weren't necessarily healthy maybe not healthy for us, maybe not because of our mindset. And with ADHD, I always find when we're given rules, like sometimes I need to clarify them or else I will take them to that extreme of all or nothing. Yeah. Uh, so having people like the nutrition tea, breaking apart those messages that I grew up with. That was always uh, really good for me. So I think that's a good starting point. And another thing is all the stuff I talked about, I'm going to send you an email with all those links. So you can put them in the show notes for everybody because I know I'm a little all scattered all over the place, but I love condensing everything at the end and being like, okay, if you didn't understand any of the jibber jabber I was talking about, here are the main talking points. Go.
0: (laughs) No, I understand. Yeah. So that's good. So that's okay. So, um, and, and I like that. One thing I want people to realize that there is something out there for them, right? Mm-hmm. So for you, you had tried so many different avenues to get to the point where you are and you finally found something that works for them. So intermittent fasting, because I actually do that too. And I, um, my mom is also very much into the health side of things. And that was one of the the programs that she had was intermittent fasting. And so that's what I do. But I also tried a lot of different programs, right? And I've never been very heavy. So for me, it was all about maintaining, but I would go through binge doses. So I had -hmm. trouble with binge eating and that's when my impulsivity came into play. And I would be the one eating at And I didn't think about the points though. (laughs) That's actually good. No, no, it's not because my body's still away from the whole (laughs) day.
1: The stuff that I would try to convince myself, even though I'm not a scientist, I'm not a doctor, even though I've read the books, I'm just like, okay, I know I've read all this stuff. But this also could make sense. Who knows? Maybe it does work. And I've discovered a new way to diet. No, it never works. Oh, that worked. is
0: so crazy. I was like, <laughs> she's weights to 12. It's like 12.01, my time, my points start over.
1: No, <laughs> like, no. Oh. It was funny with intermittent fasting. I was thinking it was going to be the same thing. And I'm just like, no, uh-uh. it's not. It's not uh-uh. going to work. But no, yeah. actually, when you read the science behind those 16 hours of not eating, what your body is doing. And that was another reason why intermittent fasting and ADHD went really well for me is when you're fasting, and this was what Peter Shankman talked about in the book. This was why he was talking about it in an ADHD book. Intermittent fasting, it actually improves your focus. And especially in the mornings for me is when I can get about three hours of work done in an hour. And the best part is I didn't have to ruin my brain thinking about what breakfast should I have? I should have this many macros and I should make eggs and what kind of eggs? No, I can just go right into my day, start working, get all that creative, fun morning energy out, doing the stuff that I want to get done so that the rest of the day, then I can worry about my eggs and my vegetables (laughs) and all that other stuff that I've been worrying about for years. But now it's just condensed into a little six hour window of do I want to eat this? Oh, and that was another thing we talked about in um, intuitive eating. There are some days I wake up and I know I could have whatever I want, but my body is screaming. If you don't give me a vegetable, I will rebel. Right. You need to put something green in me, woman. What are you doing? go eat a salad for breakfast, for breakfast, you know, 12 o'clock breakfast when my window opens up, but go eat a salad. And another thing following ADHD and nutrition things on Instagram is you get these little tips. A lot of the times, Mm -hmm. like one thing, one tip I got today was for me, things like making a salad. I hate the idea of making a salad. And I don't want to eat a salad that I've already looked at all the ingredients and put together. And now it's sitting in front of me. And I'm like, I've already stared at you for 15 minutes. I'm bored of you. I don't want to eat you. So I saw an ADHD tip and it was just like, this is a lazy tip. But if you don't want to make a salad, just go in front of your fridge, grab some lettuce and start eating it. Now grab some cucumbers and start eating those. Mm -hmm go dip your hand into the bag of shredded cheese. Go ahead, put it in your mouth. And it was like, bowls are for neurotypicals. And I was like, I love that. That's how I want to make a salad. That's exactly how much time I want to spend with my food. That's it. I don't want anything else. And, you know, it's funny. I also want to say one of the things is getting to know myself. I'm not a cook. I don't like cooking. And I don't know if it's the ADHD, but I am so bored. I get so bored doing it. And it was like, listen to a podcast. I could, but I'm still cooking. Like the cooking is boring to me. So little things like that, little hacks, like go ahead, spend a few extra bucks so that you're not sitting there chopping vegetables when you could be doing something more fun, like playing with your kids. And then you only have to spend like 10 minutes on dinner instead of, 40 minutes most of which is spent shopping vegetables. Anybody who's gotten those meal delivery kits knows exactly what I'm talking about because they're like 30 minutes until dinner. 20 of it will be spent shopping an onion. But yeah.
0: <laughs> no and that's that's so funny you say that because that's exactly how I eat. I yeah. eat and that's and and it's funny that you know like my um my friends and family will say you guys eat healthy. Part of it is just because I'm lazy. Part of mm-hmm. it is I just put carrots and cucumbers and sometimes i don't even cut up the cucumbers i'll cut it up in like little slices and they'll just <laughs> yeah. i'm serious yeah. but they get their they get their healthy foods right so it's exactly. so funny it's so funny and that's exactly what i do and i'm okay with that and <laughs> i mean
1: even as a mom as an early mom even going back to to breastfeeding and stuff there's still that idea fed is best right. so no matter how you're getting your nutrients right It doesn't matter if you're making this gourmet salad that's Instagram worthy. And I like doing that too. But honestly, if I make something that's Instagram worthy, I've been staring at it and I'm already
0: bored and I (laughs) want to go order a pizza instead because it's new and shiny. Yay. I love that. And then back to your intermittent fasting uh, comment in terms of you can't cheat on that. Like not really. And the right. reason why is because so you know, when you talked about your points, you can change or you can reset at midnight. Yeah. Which no matter what, hard. yeah. It's hard yeah. to. So if you eat at midnight, that means from midnight. You have your six hour window now has just changed. Right. Right. Exactly. Yeah. It's hard to yeah. So
1: and that's the other thing is I can reset it. If I have something, if I have a dinner that's later in the evening, I can say, okay, instead of opening my window at 12 o'clock, I can open it at three and have a six hour window from three to nine PM. Right. And oh, something different, which Also again, ADHDers love when we can change things up and like, it still works. It still works. That's what I love. I love that there's enough variety to it. And even during the times when um, you're supposed to be clean fasting, when it's not your eating window. And for me, I'm, I'm very strict about it. This is one of the things where like, I know that if I start trying to put things into that non-eating window that like oh maybe some people can have lemon in their water. no 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 I can't I need to be a purist because as soon as you give me an inch exactly I, I know like yeah. I know my, I know that I can reset myself and I've fallen off the wagon enough times to know that I'll get back on which is another thing that you learn over the years of doing it of just like okay this works as long as I can pick myself up. Like that's another big tool is being able to pick yourself up and start again the next day. And I loved that it was, that it's like a reset for Mm -hmm. that reason.
0: I love that. So for people who just want to get started and don't know how to take that first step, what would your advice be to them? I would say sit
1: down with a journal if that's what you want to do. Some people talk out loud, talk to a pet, find a friend and talk about, why you want to get healthy. Not even why you want to lose weight, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. just why you want to get healthy. Because one of the things that started me on this journey with my eating coach specifically was I didn't want to lose weight because doctors were telling me to lose weight because that clearly wasn't working. I didn't want to lose weight because society was telling me that I was morbidly obese. I didn't want to lose weight because clothes weren't fitting and I couldn't find the clothes that I wanted. Mm. Like I could deal with all of that. That That was fine for me. It was the fact that I would walk up my stairs from my office to the kitchen, my favorite room, obviously, and I would get winded or I wouldn't want to go down on the floor with my, at that point, nine month old who was crawling around and doing everything on the floor. I didn't want to do that because getting up would wind me. And it was just a process at that point. I wanted to get Healthy. I wanted to live long enough to see my kids grow up and get older. I started watching my parents. As I said, I'm 38. I'm at the point where I'm starting to watch my parents. Their health is going down, and I'm seeing how they didn't take care of themselves back before we knew as much as we know now about nutrition, which is still probably uh, like a tiny percentage of all there is to really know. But I was watching my parents go down that path and realizing I, I don't want to do that. So that was my big. You know, for anybody getting started, sit down, write that list of all the reasons you want to get healthy, not lose not lose weight. And if there's anything that you're putting on that list of so so and so will like me, so somebody will accept me. So the only person you have to worry about accepting you or liking you is yourself. If you're looking at yourself in the mirror and you're saying, I hate you, it's not because you're fat. You could say I hate you because you're fat. There's another there's deeper, deeper stuff. And Mm I'm, and anybody who wants any sort of health or weight loss journey, you're not going to find long lasting success. I think until you start getting to that and it's the long process and it's, it's not always fun either. (laughs) So just be prepared as restricting as some diets have been. I think sometimes getting in touch with why I do the things I do. I think that that's almost been worse. It's just like, Oh my God, can I just go back to counting calories? Why do I have to like, hate my mom so much? You know.
0: that's so funny. Yeah. So as we just round things up, is there any last minute thoughts, anything that we didn't talk about or miss any last minute words that you would like to say to the audience? No, I
1: think I pretty much got it out there because one of the big messages that I, I want to get to people, it's not always about the diet. It's not, you know, you may have just heard about intermittent fasting and intuitive eating for the first time. And it's wonderful if you're ADHD and you want to go into that hyper-focus and learn all about it. Absolutely. It's going to be a wonderful experience, no matter what diet you you're hyper focusing on it's really fun to learn all that stuff but focus on you make sure that the focus is on you and what you want and your goals and not the goal of a number either stop get away from the numbers just stop oh my god the number on your on the scale is not your self-worth at all that's all that's it I think that's, <laughs>
0: that's a good way to end <laughs> awesome and if people have any questions for you can you remind them how they can get a hold of you
1: Yeah. So the podcast that I talk a lot about weight loss and everything is hate to wait. You can find that at hate to weightcom You can also find me on Instagram. I'm over there. I'm not talking as much about weight loss anymore as I said, I'm in maintenance mode, uh, but you can hang out with me there. I'm roller skating. That's actually one of the ways that I've been sort of toning to, to get muscle again, because there's after losing 109 pounds, like you still have to tone. It's really interesting. I'm just like, Oh, I can't just be skinny. No, I have to tone. No, I got a tone too now. Jesus. So I'm roller skating to do that because I had to find a fun way to do that too. Exercise. I mean, we could get into a whole thing about exercise and how like, oh, that has a bad connotation for me. I needed movement. So you can come visit me on Instagram, watch me roller skate, uh, at Emily Peck pro cop and thank you for letting me talk your ear off and going on tangents. I normally don't get to do it because I have a four-year-old. So thank you for letting <laughs> me be an adult for a whole hour.
0: It's felt amazing. Well, Emily, <laughs> it was absolutely amazing to have you. That was a fun, fun conversation. So I'm so glad you came on. That's oh my awesome. gosh.
1: Thank you. This is so much fun. And I hope, oh, my ADHD out there. I love you so much.
0: I love you. You are my people. Awesome. Have a wonderful day, everybody. Bye. Bye, Emily. Bye. Thank you for joining us on another episode of ADHD Love Parent Talk. If you enjoyed this episode, please do not forget to leave a review and join me as I talk with another exciting guest next week. Have a wonderful day.